Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's the Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, we're talking about Land Rover News, Plasma Cutters, Kuma Prep, and a long-awaited update about the undisputed king of Land Rovers, the mighty Freelander. And now, without delay, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the PTO to Stevens ECU. I'm the additional leak of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, this week in the news, uh, a famous Land Rover aficionado, I would say, someone who's had a few different Land Rovers, Defenders and things uh, over the years, uh, Doug DeMiro, who is um, you know automotive journalist, a reviewer, and owner of the Cars and Bids website. Bring a trailer too. Um, bring a trailer too. Yeah. Son of bring a trailer. Bring a trailer to dark territory. Um, Doug DeMiro is selling his brand new, well, newish, you know, Defender 110. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a whole host of reasons. I have to say, it's quite the laundry list of, I don't know, I think maybe problems with every car, but I hey, think, I think this, you know, you know, I read through the article, marginal justification in my marginal. personal opinion. Yeah. Best, you know, best. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of like little, t- like small gripes, yes. but so, uh, yeah, I think uh, none of them, none of them really cut a lot of mustard. Mm-hmm. I, I no. think that the, if I'm being honest, the title of the article is clickbait. The title of the article is like, uh, talk to Miro sells his Land Rover for this one weird problem or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his complaints are uh, that the lanes that doesn't have yeah. automatic lane centering doesn't have lane centering, yeah. which I I despise. I have centering. to say the the lane keep assist in the Defender is not amazing either. Like I have it turned off when I'm just driving around normally. Mm-hmm. I'll sometimes turn it on on the freeway when I'm planning on, on falling asleep while I'm driving. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll turn it on and just kind of bounce off the lines all the way to wherever I'm going. Um, but it's not great. And of course mine, I have hacked to have the, the automatic cruise control, the distance uh, cruise control. My car was not equipped uh, with it as an option. Adaptive cruise control. Adaptive cruise control. I'm sorry. I, it was not equipped from the factory, but I, I equipped it myself and, uh, because it's just a software unlock, which I think. I don't know. Again, we've been down that road probably, with Land Rover. Probably shouldn't like, admit that. That's well, you know, a, yeah, a warranty voiding it. I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's all, it's all okay. I agree with Doug in that respect. It's not Tesla autopilot. 
It's just, you know, it's like auto cruise control with a little bit of uh, a little bit of lane bumping. So maybe, okay, maybe fair, fair enough. Um, I, you know, Land Rover's never really been great at that. The Discovery 5 wasn't great at it. Um, you know, okay, fair enough. All right. So there's that. There's that. But that's mm-hmm. just one of, of many gripes. One of the ones that I think is maybe not fair entirely is the time it takes to get your vehicle repaired. Yes. According to the article, his wife was using his daily driver, ran it into a pole. Yes. And it took three months to get it repaired, which, you know, if you look at the repair times for other similar vintage vehicles, you know, late model, 2019, 2020 cars. Yeah. It's pretty good. First of all, do we know his wife ran it into a pole or is that just something you say because you're embarrassed you ran it into a pole? Like, do we have photo evidence of, you know, that's kind of also feels like, you know, it's a little flimsy. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. But uh, uh, certainly, you know, three months is not out of the realm of possibility I, to, I, I, to yeah. get, you know, receive the parts and have the work done. Yeah. You know, body shops are busy, you know, right now. Yeah. Uh, lack of labor. Yeah. L- you know, supply chain issues and so forth. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a long time. My friend has a similar vintage Toyota mm-hmm. and uh, he's been waiting four months and right. hasn't received any pieces. And I know. Right. Teslas are yeah. are quite or far out for repairs for bad. Yeah, yeah, for six months sometimes. In fact, I had a good friend in Australia mm-hmm. um, who his Tesla Model Three uh, was, I believe, run into, and as a function of that running into it, the front, I want to say, driver's side or something, was rendered inoperable. The steering rack or something was was broken. Some some sure. something broke. Six months undrivable because they couldn't get the parts. It just wasn't. I mean, this to be fair was in 2021, I think, or something. So, you know, height of the pandemic, supply chain issues in Australia. But his car was undrivable for six or seven months. Just a brick. Just a brick because you couldn't steer it. I mean, there was nothing you could do. So, you know, I I think that you kind of have to take the, it takes a long time to get your car fixed with a little bit of a grain of salt right now because, you know. It takes a long time to get any car repaired right now. Anyone who's uh, taken upon themselves to restore their classic Land Rover knows that, uh, you know, you say it's going to take six months and five years later, you just really still haven't made any significant progress on it. So according to the article, you know, he replaced it with a Mercedes Benz. I have a, I have a Sprinter van and I'll tell you if uh, I, I had somebody bump into it in a parking lot. Yeah. At least four or five months ago and I haven't received the parts yet. So right. Right. Well, I think, uh, yeah. I think yeah. that's a flimsy excuse. Not only that, it's a Mercedes. It's that four-wheel drive, like, essentially station wagon that they make. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the class it is or whatever, because Mercedes is uh, like a spreadsheet of letters and numbers. But um, they, it's an interesting choice. Interesting choice, you know? I would say, okay, you go and you buy a, maybe a Glendewagen or something like that, or you get, you know, whatever. Okay, well, maybe that's, a, you know, that's obviously a least in a similar orbit of a, of a Land Rover Defender. But the Mercedes four-wheel drive station wagon? I don't know. I don't know, Doug DeMiro. I don't know. I love Doug DeMiro. Don't get me wrong. And if he comes on the show, of course, all's forgiven. So, uh, you know, uh, he'd be the best uh, best guy again. You know, until that kept time. His, kept his 9790, you'd notice. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. 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 Let's see yeah. what happens when you uh, run into that thing, how long it takes to repair. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Ooh, a heartwarming, heartwarming story out, like of, the, uh, out of the uh, Destination Defender event and, of course, the, uh, the Land Rover Service Awards. Service Awards. Uh, the awardee, and what, to be fair, I, we talked to all the, the folks that, uh, that were sort of on the short list all amazing, all super fantastic. These small Very little deserving. groups, I think, 
I think that's the neat thing that, you know, Joe Eberhardt and the gang do for that particular event is that they're all, you know, we talked about this before, right? They're all these little, little groups. It's not, you know, the UNICEF, right? It's like, you know, five people protecting a lake somewhere in the Midwest, you know, it's just a great little, yeah. But the the folks that that won the service award, one of the groups that won. one of one of the groups, a group. Appalachian Bear Rescue, Appalachian Bear Rescue, which I believe is it true that every bear in the Appalachian is also a moonshiner? Is that correct? I believe. Uh, I think by default, yeah, yeah. I think they all have a moonshining still that they run. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, because of an issue, I guess probably right with one of the moonshining stills. A bear needed rescue. It's true. And this Those group was, they, they do. You got to be careful. I've seen the Discovery program. Do, do the police watch that Discovery program? Couldn't they just go are to they, where that, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Are you getting an episode, like a nature documentary confused with an episode of Cops? Could that be? It, it, basically, I think that's kind of what Moonshiners is, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it a nature documentary mashed together with an episode of Cops? Sure. Uh, anyways, so they were, they have taken delivery of their new, of their new Defender. As I understand it, Thursday one thirty. Because again, if you're going to rescue bears, that extra junk in you the trunk the space. And you've read something now that says apparently they were able to use. Not it. only did they receive the defender, yeah, they've used it to rescue a bear, like immediately, like they picked yeah it immediately. Up. <laughs> they had one waiting for, for a ride. It was like they took their old pickup to pick yeah, it up, and it was like, nah, was nah, mm-hmm, I'm not getting mm-hmm, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they got a defender one thirty. It's got the Appalachian Bear Rescue livery on it. Mm-hmm. They just recently were uh, uh, alerted to this uh, this right. bear that needed rescuing, yeah. and they used the defender to rescue the bear. So heartwarming story, and uh, you know what a deserving organization. What did they uh, what they name the bear? I heard that they named the bear His Highness Rover the bear. Wow. His it's Rover the Bear. They named yeah. the bear Doug DeMiro, but then they renamed the bear Rover. So like, no, 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 no. They no. read that article. Yeah, they read that article. They're like, like yeah. you know what? Nope, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Uh, that's that is heartwarming. That's the that's a feel good uh, Land Rover story of the week. If uh, if uh, nothing a else. tiny bear cub rescued. Yeah. What did the bear think of the third row seating? Did it have a lot of criticisms of the lane centering and things? Or? Apparently, the bear was malnourished, so oh, it, it, was, uh, it was happy to. It, it ate one of the back seats. It was it was Fine. more than happy. Did the ba- the bear complain about the lane centering at all? Do you know? Was it? I highly doubt care. it. Didn't seem to care. All right, highly let's get doubt it. And the last bit of news: uh, Land Rover has a new interim interim CEO. Didn't they already have an interim CEO? Is this a new interim CEO? I don't know. An in- interim that. interim. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, no, I, it's hard to keep track of Land Rover CEOs right now. Unfortunately, that's a uh, again. I know that you and Linus are in the final round of interviews, so hopefully. They get that wrapped up here relatively soon, and we can just uh, get to work. But uh, they have to they have to interview these other people as sort of a it's like a you courtesy, know, yeah, a courtesy, yeah. You got to keep up appearances. You don't want to make it seem like it's a foregone conclusion, even though we all know we all know it is. But much like you and uh, Linus, this gentleman uh, <laughs> named Patrick McGillicuddy. Now, yes, to me, true. to me. That sounds like a made up name. It's not. Apparently, he exists. He uh, used to work at Volkswagen. I'm told. Mm. Do you think and, it's uh, two kids just uh, standing on each other's shoulders in a in I think a, he's uh, an interim an sales director as well? Oh, I interim sales director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems like maybe it's two children wearing an overcoat, uh, pretending to be an adult. It's not. He's a he's a real person. Real person real from person. Volkswagen. Interim you know, sales director. I will say there's there's two different photos of uh, online of a person named Patrick McGillicuddy, who, mm-hmm. and both of them are listed as a sales director for Land Rover Jaguar UK. So, but they're different people. Your theory is actually possible. Ah. 
Well, there you go. I don't, I don't really understand. Don't hey, understand. well, all the best of luck to Patrick McGillicuddy. Seems like um, a nice person. Seems like a nice guy. And uh, hopefully is able to, uh, you know, to get Sell things. some Land Rovers. Yeah, sell some Land Rovers. I mean, it seems like selling them isn't really the issue, honestly. I think they need an interim manufacturing director. I think that's where the that's making where the slowdown them. is. Yeah, the old making, the director of making. Where's that guy? Yeah, the rubber's uh, got to hit the road. Yeah, no, literally. No literally needs to hit the road. Yeah, yeah. Well, at that, speaking of the rubber hitting the road, so uh, some shop updates uh, down here at the old uh, Bears Collection. We've got a brand new CNC plasma cutter. CNC plasma cutter. Oh, yeah. What are, you, what are you making with that thing? Well, the first thing we made, as anyone who went to uh, you know junior high school uh, shop class, uh, we immediately made a knife. That was mm-hmm. it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, and, uh, you know, what we made, you know, we made it out of like, uh, you know, low grade carbon steel. And so uh, it can't be sharpened, but, uh, but it's knife shaped and it's low it's grade carbon fun. steel. I feel like that could be sharpened, but wouldn't hold an edge. It does not at all. Yeah. Oh, no, we sharpened it for sure. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, almost anything will, will affect it. Dull the knife. Uh, yeah. Dull the knife. But now, it was fun. It was fun. Now, when you plasma cut a knife mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. does that process, it affects the edge and it the does. composition of the, the it does. metal. It, it, right? it tempers slightly around the cut edge. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what you need to do when you, when you plasma cut something that is meant to be a knife or a hatchet or something like that is that you need to then temper uh, the entire piece to the same mm-hmm. uh, level, uh, which you do in a in a little tempering oven. And uh, do you have that? Do you have a CNC tempering oven? I don't have a CNC tempering oven. That's I just have a I just have a little oven. So tell us about this plasma cutter. Do you got a CNC plasma yeah. cutter tape, and, yeah. and it uses plasma cam. What does this use? So this is by a company called Langmuir Systems, which also sounds Langmuir Systems, and they they make uh, plasma cutters and uh, and a delicious beer, a, now, a, a shandy, the, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> the Youngling yeah. plasma cutters. <laughs> yeah, um, is that the table itself and the CNC mechanism, or is yeah, that the actual correct. torch? No, that is the table and the CNC mm-hmm. mechanism. So it has okay. uh, it's a two by three table, two foot by three foot table. Uh, water table so as to uh, not uh, make uh, too much dust. plasma, yeah, fire, dust, and explosions and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it has that. The rust puddle, a we rust like puddle. to call that. It is a nice little rust puddle. You know, it's uh, as long as it's above 9 pH, uh, it won't rust. That's the trick. And you, you, uh, I've never seen a plasma table with a water catchment. That isn't rusty. That as isn't hell. just yeah. full of rust. Full of rust. Yeah. I mean, understandable. It's got a bunch of little like steel filings and it's dust in it. Slag. And it just, yeah, in it. Yeah. That's all that's in it. Yeah. Um. It's a borax that keeps it at a super mm. high pH. So, so you, you know, we'll so see how long it lasts. You know, it's not rusty today. Um. But uh. But yeah. So that's the the Langmuir makes the table and makes the software, which is uh, okay. a software that they in house called Fire Control. Um. Mm-hmm. Which is uh. Which is like a Mach three or something like one of these sort of open source ones. And uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, I like I think we talked about on the 3D printing episode, I use Fusion 360, which yeah. is an Autodesk product, and it does the CAM work for you. So there's the CAD, the computer-aided drafting, and then there's the computer-aided manufacturing part of it, the, you know, the, tool the code, the G-code that de- generates all the tool paths and, and lets mm-hmm. you drive things around. And, and so it, um, it has a processor, post-processor for Fusion that tells, you know, Fusion how all of its shit works. And you can load anything from a DXF into Fusion, or you can design something yourself, and uh, and then you burninate it on the old uh, on the old plasma table, and uh, works pretty good. Works pretty good. We have a forty amp machine torch. Uh, What's the overall footprint of this machine? So the actual footprint is probably I would say it's maybe about five feet long, and it's just a little wider than three feet. So 
I would say it's about five by four. It's sort of like an envelope mm -hmm. of room in the shop. And okay. then, uh, you know, I have some, you know, welding curtain that uh, that's on little stands that I roll around when we're, you know, welding in one place and doing other stuff in another place so as not to randomly blind too many people. Uh, so we sort of have it boxed in with uh, welding screens uh, so mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, we can get it going. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward, you know, runs yeah. off a little laptop, a little little Dell tough book thing. And what type of torch did you uh, get to run this machine? This, uh, I have a uh, hiding Haydn, uh, I think is how you pronounce it in, in the in the mother Mandarin. Um, not a not a super expensive. Uh, it's a sixty amp uh, torch that uh, easily cuts. You know, uh, it's twenty amps more than it was a minute ago. Yeah, I, I didn't realize 40. it's sixty. You, it's a sixty. You did, sixty amp. You did say forty. We run initially. it at forty most of the time, but it, it will go up to sixty. And, and that'll uh, cut like a half inch of material. It'll cut a half inch of steel. Yeah, mm -hmm. very easily. It'll cut uh, relatively thick aluminum. It'll cut, you know, I mean, it'll cut anything, basically. It's, it's plasma. It'll just burn an Except it. wood. It will not cut wood. No, it will yeah. not cut wood. But I have the laser for that. So I Perfect. can cut wood with a laser. Yeah, I got it all. And it, it works great. I have to say, like, the whole package all in, I think, was just under $3,000, which That's for, a like, a homebrew CNC plasma setup is fantastic. And it's only about... 30 times what I would spend just sending those parts out of house to get uh, to get laser cut up the street. So, you know, in most cases, I think people are paying about 300 times what it would you gotta cost. You got to keep those things running. You got to just yeah. start taking, yeah. I'm just gonna, you, taking orders. If any of our listeners have anything that needs yeah. plasma cut, send the know. DXF yeah. file. Send the DFF and we're going to, we'll, we'll zip it off for you. No problem. Yeah. Um, yeah if only sheet steel wasn't three thousand dollars right now uh you know it would be it would be a lot more fun but that brings up a good question so it, how do you process the sheets into a size that is uh you can feed into your machine well because, i'm glad uh, you asked that yeah i'm i'm assuming that uh, this this machine will not accept a four by eight sheet which is kind of the standard size for that's right it, it doesn't um i use online metals.com and they're a company um that has distribution across the country but uh, they will do some preset sizes. Uh, so as long as you're ordering basically in one foot by one foot increments, uh, they have preset sizes, give or take about six different sizes of almost every common type of sheet stock. Mm -hmm. And it's give or take about two, maybe 3% more expensive than bad. buying a full sheet, right? And then and then processing yourself. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. And And you know, also, if you're buying a, quarter inch sheet of carbon steel uh that weighs about 600 700 pounds so mm -hmm. realistically moving that around is not super fun and so this way um what are you talking you know, about you got the perfect tool for that it's a uh, forklift yeah. with no brakes i do i do the forklift <laughs> with no brakes the widow maker the widow maker my building HOA is trying to get like how your your industrial building has an HOA. I, I feel like people I get industrial buildings so they so don't, you don't have, have an to HOA. have an HOA. I know I know it's the most annoying thing in the world. But, uh, you know, my neighbor's got a lot of derelict cars. There's a car literally like totaled with the airbags and stuff that just got dumped behind. I would I would say mm. you're not moving yeah. anything until they get rid of that. That's what I've said. And now, for those of our yeah. listeners yeah. who are not in the United States, HOA is a homeowners association, yeah. which, which is... Uh, this is not a home. Yeah, if there's not you know, any covenants so, to that yeah. area, I don't see how they can make you do anything. Yeah. Anyways, what they don't know is uh, no rollback operator in the city will come anywhere near that forklift. They've they've heard the stories. <laughs> Did they know? Familiar. They didn't know how many people that forklift has maimed. Has <laughs> maimed. Yeah. 
how many how many classic Land Rovers that thing has crashed into? Don't approach it. Don't. No, don't. No. It's chained up not because I don't want somebody to steal it. It's chained up because I don't want it to kill you. You're just making it mad. You're just making it angry. (laughs) Well, besides the plasma cutter, another shop update, well, vehicle update for you, your favorite vehicle. I've been waiting to hear this. The undisputed king of Land Rovers. I'm told there's an update with this. There uh, is an update. No. Horrific financial mistake. <laughs> I got a call this afternoon. Just This is this is fresh news. Hours ago mm-hmm. uh, from our good friends uh, down at the specialty transmission place. How long has it been there, by the way? It has been there now for two months. Two uh, months. Two and how long has it been maybe at a repair shop facility? So I picked it up and that same day, it went to Ed Testa at IE Rovers. Mm-hmm. It was there for uh, eight months. Eight months. It's now been at the transmission stop. I, I think I'm wrong. I think it's nine months. You know who needs one of those? Doug DeMuro. So Juan calls me. He, uh, he calls me up this afternoon and he says, uh, we fixed the transmission. It's yeah. good. Remember, he called about two weeks ago and said, I fixed the transmission, but I drove it. And there's a loud banging noise coming from the back every time. And so he said, no, 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 I fixed that. It's fine. And uh, he said, yeah, it's ready to go. Um, Everything's great. He said, "Uh, but you know this thing like overheats like immediately, right? (laughs) No, that's new. That's new one. That's new one. He's like, oh, oh, no. No, yeah, it overheats like almost immediately. And I'm like, did somebody fill the radiator with oil? Great. Is is that a reasonable question? (laughs) It could be. It is a reasonable question. It is a reasonable question. So uh, we're not sure. Uh, but at this point, we're done with uh, repair shops. I have put off uh, learning something about a car that is newer than 1975 long enough. And uh, we're so going to get gonna her up here. fix the overheating problem with the free Chris and, Chris and I are just going to tear into this thing. And, you uh, and, and Chris. Start, uh, What's the start last thing Chris it. fixed? What is the last thing Chris fixed? That's a, good, <laughs> that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, he's got, you know, like there's a lingering issue with his mini overheating, actually. That doesn't uh, sound like the qualified yeah. individual to fix your freelander. Oh, without meeting. question, he isn't. Again, Chris certainly doesn't have any experience in fixing anything newer than, you know, I mean, he's got a mid 70s scout and he's got like a mid 60s mini. So, no, we're all useless with anything with an ECU. Uh, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a wild ride. But I figure, uh, you know, we're this deep. At Here's a question, you know. How many problems would you say have been fixed at the repair shop versus how many problems have manifested themselves while they're at the yeah, repair shop? That is a great question. I feel like it's Ooh. one-to-one. It I might say it's be, one-to-one. It might be a little higher on the manifesting <laughs> side, honestly. <laughs> I think we might still be in the in the red. I don't know that we've crossed the line into mm. the black. Anyways, I, I'm starting now to get excited about, uh, you know, at least having it back. Now, whether it will run or not, you know what? That's to deal with on another day. But I have been, uh, I have been lightly, casually corresponding with the folks at uh, Muddy Mods in the UK. They make some what I can only describe as like Mantech tribute parts for the Freelander, including a classic Mantech style snorkel for the Freelander, which oh for a V6 gosh. Freelander is exactly what you need. That's a perfect part that will totally work. And uh, they make uh, different brush guards. They make a winch mount. Not not for the V6, but we're going to make that work. Don't worry. Um, they have a little ladder to go up the back. All kinds of dumb, 
continue to put shit. a winch on it so it will move. That's exactly right. Power. Yes, it will be electric powered by <laughs> pulling itself around via winch. That's that's I think our plan um, ultimately for it because do uh, they make a kit to no. prevent it from overheating? I don't know. I I think I may just preemptively buy a new radiator for it. Can't hurt, right? If the current radiator is good, it will not fix the problem. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. At one point, I believe somebody said it's just full of stop leak, which is always a good sign. It's oh, a real good sign. The yeah. whole the whole just, cooling system. There's no coolant, stop leak. just stop leak. It runs on stop leak. <laughs> it apparently. doesn't leak. Because, it doesn't leak uh, because it's just only stop leak. No coolant. Leak. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, it's Perfect. coming back. Ed is going to tow it up here on a trailer for me. Oh, We've got man. a Land so you've Rover given up on the, the repair shops to f- uh, repair yeah. the car. We're not going to repair it anymore. We're just going to we're just going to bring it in house and uh, we're going to tinker until it works. You so. don't have to give me an exact number, but if you were to like make a ratio between the amount uh-huh. you've spent repairing yes. the car versus yes. the purchase price, what would yes. that ratio look like? Oh, the ratio. Let's see. Well, I can tell you exactly what the ratio is. Let's just do a little bit of uh, quick math here. Hold on. I'm going to actually bring up a calculator uh, because I'm going to give you <laughs> the actual ratio. Uh, so let's see if we have that and we divide it by that. All right. Are you ready to know approximately what the number what the number is? Sure. It is twenty times the purchase price. <laughs> Almost exactly. Almost exactly. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty. Oh, no. Twenty times the purchase price. Oh, oh, oh is what, no. Uh, is what has gone into this oh, car? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. That's how it is. Um, that's and that's painful. that's why Cooper's not going to college. Well, she'll have girl. maybe a running just freelander. No though. education. Just yeah. She'll maybe have a running freelander though. She's so, a panhandler. Well, they'll be that. She's a yep. panhandler yep. because you owned a freelander. I just can't stop. I can't you wanted stop. to ironically drive a freelander. to ironically drive a freelander. And God damn it, I am going to, even if it is only for six blocks, I am going to ironically drive that freelander. <laughs> to be fair, I got half the way from San Diego to Lake Elsinore. Yeah. Under like normal power. This thing needs a two and a quarter. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. First conversion. But these Muddy Mod guys, they make a lift kit for it. They make a like uh, ready to accessorize. Yeah. Oh, we're accessorizing. Yeah, it may not have run, but it's going to look cool, and that's all that matters. Actually, we're chatting with some other uh, Freelander enthusiasts on the old internet, and uh, you can fit a pretty decent sized tire on that thing just on the stock wheel offset. But you yeah. can fit some pretty decent sized tires on that. What so size? it might start there. What did he say? It's in the it's in the it's in the mid twenties, like. Pretty decent for a car that's that small. So might smaller do the two than inch, an eighty inch. Might do the two a little bit smaller than an eighty inch. Yeah, but I would think I would do the two inch lift. Get the eighty inch tires on there. You know, start there. <laughs> start the conversion there. Yeah, be great. Well, anyway, speaking of speaking of eighty inches, uh, you are headed to uh, the big Kuma festival uh, real soon. Now you're we're like we're like T minus uh, like we're, we're under. Ten within days or something, right? Yeah, within, within a week. week. Yeah, within yeah, 27th, and today is the 20th. So uh, right. one week from today. God only be... knows when this episode is coming out, though, because we're we're banking. We're, we're, we're like podcasting every day so that we can have enough to be able to weather the great Kuma divide. But uh, if I ever return, I might be uh, maimed by a yeah. kangaroo or yeah. octopus Dingo. or Dingo you know, or one of those beetles that's the size of a Volkswagen beetle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some sort of uh, rabid wallaby koala attack. Get or chlamydia adorable. to death. Yeah, yeah, they're all super adorable. Yeah, you know, koala's uh, bottom is like very hard because it's got like a little seat built whatever in. Whatever you're gonna say next, I don't need to know. <laughs> well, that's it. 
That's all. And they all have chlamydia. That's, but, but but there's don't. a there's a great um, like Z Frank. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever hear of Z Frank? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nature documentaries. Yeah, it's a yeah. little humorous. They have one on koalas. You should watch it. Ooh, oh, I gotta check that out. It's pretty great. Yeah, I will. Yeah. It'll, so what are you doing? Your mind uh, about koalas. What are you doing? The smoothest cool brain of any. Uh, That's true. The mammal. smoothest brain of any mammal. Yeah. Like yeah. not a lot going on there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. No, they won't. They won't. The reason that so many of them got trapped during the big fires is because they won't like climb down and run away. Their hope is like, maybe this will just blow through. I'm just going to tree will burn underneath them. I'll be okay. I'm just yeah. going to hope this passes. I've you know? read that a koala can starve to death when plenty of eucalyptus leaf, which is what mm-hmm. they eat, yeah. is is on a plate. Right. But, but it, not, it has to be on a branch. Otherwise, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. I mean, listen, you know, there's a chance if a tree was on fire, if a forest was on fire and I'm halfway up a tree, I may just say like, I don't know, maybe this will just blow over. Maybe I just, this is, we'll just hang this out is here. the end. I understand. I mean, I understand what they're it's saying. It's sort of yeah. parallel thinking to your whole yeah. uh, freelander ownership it's, it's situation. It's if I'm, it's being really honest. hard. It's really hard to, uh, you know, it's really hard to shit on a uh, koala when, uh, when you know, <laughs> you've essentially just talked for twenty minutes about how you're doing essentially the same thing. So pretty much. Yep. Yep. Just don't learn. Just. So besides, besides, uh, you know, uh, prepping for some uh, koala uh, time, what uh, what else you guys got uh, going on there? You got your, do you have your vehicle secured? And what we is this are vehicle? We are uh, borrowing a vehicle mm-hmm. while we are there in Australia. Mm-hmm. It is a, a 107 pickup Ooh. truck. Ooh, nice. So we're going to be using a 107 pickup truck for our traverse yes. of the, uh, all four of you? Five. There's going to be five of us in the pickup truck. Yep. In a 107 pickup truck. Yeah. Which has about what, like 90 horsepower? Not even. No. Not even. Originally, they have 55 horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah okay. That's, right. that's no, a that's lot. That's yeah, 11 horsepower yeah. per person. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say. Yeah. That's not a lot. That's not a lot to go around. But yeah. you got it. You got it. Mm-hmm. And what's uh, so? What's the what's the seating arrangement going to be like in that? Everyone in the back, and I'm going to yeah. have the front to myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. You got to be able to stretch out. You know, yeah. you want to be comfortable. Plus, you want to be able to pick up a hitchhiker if you yeah, want Yeah, that's to. true. Or somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you are so in you Australia. Can. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the vehicle secured. Uh, it's gone to be serviced. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so uh, yep. you're checking it over. We're going to bring a few spares and tools mm-hmm. so that uh, we don't have any issues. We're going to some remote locales. Mm-hmm. So uh, it should be good. Yeah, our yeah. Uh, friend Nick Dimbleby will be there. Oh, Mr. Bob Ives will be there. Oh, so good. Sadly, I'm told you will not. I will not, unfortunately. And uh, as as it turns out, I think this project is uh, s- sort of uh, finished up in a way that I probably could have gone, but it's too late now. I've got, we've got too many other things going on, mm, unfortunately. That's a real shame. Yeah, I will see some of those people at uh, Greek Peak, I think, but uh, but I don't, I'm not sure if Bob Ives is going to be there. But Michael Bishop is also coming. Alex Massey from CKD is oh, coming. Yeah. yeah. Dorian. Dorian's coming. Famous Land Rover collector. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. Linus will be there. Oh, really? Mm, that's that's unfortunate. Is uh <laughs> is CKD Rob coming or or just Alex? I believe he is uh, oh. on standby. He's on standby. Okay. He's right, on just standby. in case. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody has to ship out all those little bits and bobs uh over the over that week. But uh, true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are true. they uh, bringing their uh, Series 1 over as carry-on? Are they, they assembled it? and uh, They are not. No? They have, uh, Alex has a 1950 mm-hmm. in 
Australia that I believe it will be bringing. And right. uh, there is also a Defender Classic Defender 130 service truck. Yeah, it makes sense. Also bring. So we'll have uh, we'll have tools. We'll have a crane if we need a crane. Yeah, be fine. Well, that'll be great. And the again, the 130 crew cab empty except for it's one. Not, it's not a crew no? cab. It's an Ooh. extended cab with a, like Ooh. a long tray and a crane. It's a really neat oh, truck. Oh, neat. Ooh, yeah, that's super cool. cool. That's cool. That sounds like a fun truck. That's it good. Is. So you can just pick up one of the 80 inches and just float it along. If we need to. All the way to Kuma. Yeah. yeah. If need just be. dangle it. Yeah. Well, that'll be great. Like a tiny koala, like a baby koala. Yeah, just hang just, it off the back of the 130. You catch any number of old men. Yeah. Just drive it along. It'd be great. It'd be yeah. fantastic. Oh, that's going to be so great. And you're going to get uh, tons of interviews and video and... Uh, that's the plan. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking wow. forward to that. So we good. got uh, a whole ton of folks that uh, we would like to interview while we're there. Yep. You know, some uh, some really nice folks. Uh, Taz would be great, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. over at British 4x4. Yeah. Yep. Matt yep. Jackson will be there. You know, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he'll be there. And uh, our uh, our good friend from Seriously Series, mm-hmm. you know, Jeff Lewis. There. Yeah, we got to get, uh, get, and, get uh, uh, Jeff. And uh, Dabo. Dabo oh, will man. be there. Yeah. So. I got to see Jack uh, last time I was uh, nice. I was over there, and he had just sort of acquired his now somewhat famous Trayback, uh, the most Australian Land Rover of all time, as I like to refer to it uh, as. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I heard he might bring bring that, but I don't know. That's a bit of a drive for sure. Yeah, well, we hope but, so. Uh, yeah, you never know. Anyways, well, that's going to be so much fun, and I, we're all looking forward to that. We're going to try. We're going to try to sync up a little bit while you're there. Do a little something. I don't know how that's going to work out. We'll see, but uh, certainly you'll be bringing a ton of great stuff uh, back and uh, that will be a uh, mini mini an episode leading us all the way through to probably this June when uh, we'll be uh, up in uh, Greek Peak there in New York for the uh, Anarch uh, event the uh, 75th anniversary Diamond Jubilee there lots of good stuff going on there I've been talking to our good friend John Kostich over at the uh, Center Steer podcast we've got lots of fun co-podcasting things that we're talking about and uh, you know of course Jeff Aronson will be there and uh, speaking of Jeff Aronson, the uh, the Rovers magazine is probably already at your home by now, featuring the full sale Dream Team number one fifty five, Liza True. and Jenna's uh, adventures in the twenty twenty two Rebel Rally, and a great spread there on the four uh, defenders that were in uh, that were in the rally. Of course, you know uh, Sarah Crabtree and the and the gang from uh, out east who we've had on the show, and is a good very good friend of the show. In fact, both classic Defender Rebels are in the same place right now. They're out with uh, with Trevor out there in at uh, British 4x4 Specialists with uh, Sarah. And uh, a Instagram follower and a friend actually took a photo of the two cars next to each other. Nice. Saying, wow, that's, well, look at that. Both classic Rebel Land Rovers in the same place. And uh, that car is going to be in Florida in uh, April, in mid-April, and we'll post some stuff on social media. So any of our fans in Florida, if they want to uh, come out, we're doing a sponsor event with Full Sail University in Orlando. Uh, if you're in the Orlando area, come on out, say hi to Liza and I, and uh, get a picture with Defender and uh, grab some stickers and stuff. Also, you have a metric ton of stickers coming to you, Ike, that will be uh, on offer at Kuma. So for our Australian listeners, if you spot an Ike or a Linus uh, or a Jenna, or Maddie for that matter, you can shake them down for some stickers and uh, they'll, they'll probably give you some stickers. It's true. It's true. Yeah. We will be handing out stickers to all of our Australian listeners. So yeah. if you see us, give us a yeah. shout. Give us a shout. Stick one of those stickers on the side of your didgeridoo and uh, support the show. We appreciate it. So <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of internet Instagrammers, uh, two Instagram shout outs uh, to uh, wrap up the show here. Uh, 
this afternoon. One account, and I have to say, this has become quickly uh, one of my favorite accounts uh, because they are living a life that I wish I could. Um, this is the, the sheepish underscore overlander account. We'll have these in the show notes, of course, as always. Um, is a South African account that owns a Land Rover Defender, classic Land Rover Defender, and a Jimny. It's everything I want. It's, uh, oh. it's, a, it's a good combo. God damn, you know? <laughs> just, it's, it's just everything I want, you know? But uh, just can't have. Oh. Great vehicles for South Africa as well, you know? The Jimny, the Defender, you got everything. You need to go just on a little trip, you take the Jimny. You have a slightly bigger trip, you take the Defender. You know, they're great. And of course, my own uh, personal uh, fixation on uh, on the Freelander, there's uh, the Canadian Freelander, also a great account. Now, that's a Freelander too, but uh, still, it's a good looking Freelander. It's in Canadian red, lots of snow, driving it around, still running. You know, that's impressive. You know, it is a Freelander <laughs> too, again. So it's, it's easier. It's easier. LR2. But, uh, yeah, the LR2 here in North America. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's Phil Bashel's favorite Freelander, the Freelander too. I did not know that. Oh yeah, he loves that one the most. He loves that. Phil one is uh, Phil is setting up his uh, Land Rover museum. I don't know if you've been following uh, the Dunsfold uh, Land Rover yeah, Instagram. He's got the all, his collection of cutaway yeah. Land Rover engines, transmissions, you know, mm -hmm. various pieces. Mm -hmm. So these were training aids that um, they made for the military to mm -hmm. you know train mechanics on, so you could see all of the mechanical parts moving inside the engine yeah. because the castings had all been. Um, sectioned so you could see the workings of the engine. So so check out his Instagram. It's pretty cool. He's got a, a neat little uh, setup there. It's got a kind of a, a display of all the various engines. And you can, of course, go and see the uh, Freelander uh, test mule. Uh, you can see the uh, oldest Freelander. Uh, yeah. You can maybe see the, the most colorful Freelander. Join the Dunsfold collection. Yeah, you should be a member. Oh, yeah. If you're not a Dunsfold member. you got a newsletter. Member, it's, it's, no, it's pretty great. sweet. It's great. It's, it's wonderful. So yeah, much they're doing, they're doing the Lord's work over there. They sure are. Yeah. And they've got, I mean, just some amazing stuff. Like, yes, Phil has a lot of Freelanders, but uh, he also has just some incredible, incredible stuff. Like really, really fantastic. So yeah, as soon as we can, hopefully, maybe we'll go, we'll go do a live show from the grand opening whenever that uh, happens. So, hey, the more people that sign up to the Dunsfold Collection and support that, the sooner that will be. So super cool. Super cool. Love Phil. Love the Dunsfold Collection. And uh, love his uh, fixation, fellow fixator on the Freelander. So add that. It has uh, been a slice. As always, good luck on your uh, prep for Kuma. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. See you, Stephen. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.